Hey, hey, my name is Ben J, and welcome to the Creators Lounge podcast. On the podcast, I have a conversation with various creators in the music world about their art, their inspiration, and their process. I want you, the listener, to hear something of value and apply that knowledge to your own life or art. I do hope you enjoyed today's episode and the episodes yet to come, just as I enjoy creating them. Thank you so much for listening. All right, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Creators Lounge podcast. I'm your host, Ben Jay. Super excited about this episode. We're digging into a genre that a lot of you don't know, but I have been a fan of for quite some time. So let's get right into it. My man, what is your name? Where are you from? What do you do? Cool, guys. Hey, what's up? I am Andante, uh, real name Mirage Zamprioli. Um, I am from Los Angeles, grew up here, and I do retro wave, produce and make it all. Retro wave is seriously good stuff, guys. And Andante, I'd like to start from the very beginning. When did you get into doing music production and songwriting, all of this kind of stuff? Well, it's kind of crazy. Uh, I was uh, uh, an engineer. Well, I am an engineer, and, and that's what I went to school for. And that was about, uh, about 12, 13 years ago uh, when I started getting into that. Um, but this record I just released is my first record. And I released an EP on, on the 27th of last month. Um, I was literally just mixing and producing for other people. Um, and But yeah, about 13 years ago, I started to get into it. Well, wow, that's super cool, man. So at first, you were doing everything for everybody else, and now you're doing it for yourself. I'm really curious about that. When did the change happen? Like, what was the motivation to start doing it for yourself? I mean, I guess I always wanted to, and then it's like you get scared. You get you, you know, you go to school, you got to make money. Like, I'm married, I have a kid. It's like, how do I make this into a career and um you know it's very you know difficult all around but i kind of chose the safer route i was like okay i can be an engineer and uh, i can work on people's things i can do more i can mix and then i started to branch out like okay i worked for a studio and was watching them get paid off you know producing for people and i was like okay forget the hourly wage because that's not really cutting it and then i started to produce and um but you know that that's a hard route too everything's kind of freelance so I just got to the point where I'm like, I'm tired of making, you know, music for other people. Um, and it's like, I'm not trying to make music to, to make a million dollars. I, I, I want to make music and I've always wanted to make music. So I guess I kind of just rerouted the way I thought about it. And was like, you know what? And my wife was a big uh, component of that. She's like, you know what? Just make the records you want to make. And I grew up in the 80s. And it's funny to see this retro wave style, but it's like, this is everything I've ever wanted to do. And, and when I would make tracks that I didn't release, it was all synth based. And I mean, you just go through the eighties and it's like, this was a great songwriting period. And it was a time where these synthesizers were being used first. So these sounds no one ever heard before. And it was analog and stuff was going to tape and all that. But I, I guess that's what I miss about, like music these days, music's amazing. Like there's so much music out there and it sounds great. But for me, I still, f I feel like the songwriting back then, like, man, those choruses and, and just the progressions and the sound of the synthesizers, like you listen to it now. I listen to nothing but eighties and I have been, cause I'm trying to, you know, make that genre, but I listen probably two, three hours a day of eighties tracks. I have a, a playlist that's like uh, about 15 hours long that I make and, and kind of alternate. And I just listen over and over because I was a kid when I heard this stuff and I didn't know how it was made. And now I hear it and I'm like, oh, my God, I can hear, you know, uh, a Juno on there. Or I can hear like that 808 from the TR-08 or a 909. I'm like, oh, my God, like that's when they were creating it, New Order and The Cure. And like, holy shit, that, that, that's what was happening. They were making it. And it's like, that's what I try to capture with my record and everything I do now. And oddly enough, now these people are hitting me up and like, I can't find retrograde producers. And, and it's like, so I guess it might be in demand. So on a roundabout way, I've created a career path for myself. And I literally just made my Instagram like in May and it's been it's been going forward and i think it's because i believe in it and it's what i want to do so man i can feel your passion like you're talking about it you're just <laughs> flowing man and it's really cool and um i think an important thing here is that retro wave uh, up until right now anyway it's it's kind of a niche market you could say you know it's not like uh not as big as some of the other genres out there and the fact that you do it kind of makes you a special a specialist you know so i think that's one of the things you have going for you 
Um, I was curious real quick because you talked about being an engineer for a long time. Uh, what's your situation right now? Are you doing music full time or do you still have uh, like a side job or something? Um, yeah, so I still do the mixing um, and I worked for Warner Brothers doing like mixing of promos and all that. So I still do mixing and I do production um, on that end. That kind of pays a lot of the bills. Uh, and then my record now has been kind of the focus. But I have to always step away when someone's going to hire me. <laughs> so I actually did my EP. And believe it or not, I have a four-year-old, so I don't have a lot of time. As soon as he hit preschool, um, I did my EP start to finish. I do everything on it. Every sound, every vocal, all the mixing, mastering. I did the whole thing in three months, five tracks. Um, and it was like, just I just went. And it's like, that's kind of where I'm at. I don't have a ton of time. So when I get in there, I've kind of really created a workflow and it's taken years to get here but boy i do not waste time i get in there and i got it mapped out and it's creative and i think because i have this direction for the first time instead of like oh i'm trying to make a pop hit or a top 40 hit or trying to reference this or that i'm making retro and i know what i'm making and it's like i get in there and man i song right like the song pieces that's kind of been the the number one uh, most well-received track on the, the album. I made that in literally one night. One night, start to finish, and then I mixed it and mastered it for the next three days. I didn't sleep, and my wife and my son were out of town for a week, so I was like, let's get to it. Let's make something happen. And that's been kind of the track that set it off. Like, I didn't plan on doing EP. I did that track, and everybody's like, holy smokes, like, this, this is the genre we love. We love the sound, the synths, all that. And I was like, okay, this is what I'm doing. Mad respect, man. Mad respect. And I, I can't even imagine. I'd love to hear the breakdown of your schedule and all of that. But let's go ahead and talk about Pieces for just a minute. Um, and we can jump back to it in a second. But I heard that Pieces about like the loss of a father. Uh, is that autobiographical? or? Oh, yeah. This is my life. This is um, so uh, 1984. That's what the song starts off. I was fractured and left unwhole. And that's the day. Uh, well, that's the year. I kind of realized my, my dad left my mom and my two sisters and I in downtown LA uh, when I was, you know, four years old or yeah. And, uh, you know, he never came back. So that song is all about picking up the pieces and moving on, but literally is about what happened in my life. And it's very like the vocals are very sparse, but it's very like, you know, if the listeners want to listen to the track and kind of break it down. I've had people tell me like they love the beat. It, that's the first thing that attracts them. And they listen to it, and then as they listen to it, they're like, holy shit, this is sad. <laughs> this is really sad. And that's the whole idea is like, you know, that's an old songwriting way. It's like you create happy music, and that's like the sex of the relationship. And then the lyrics is like the actual meat and potatoes of the relationship. And that's what you get when somebody – you get someone interested first. And that's like – for me, it's it's got a groove. It's got to be beat. I come from like – the new order age and like like those beats were like man you just listen to them but they were talking about really heavy shit and that's how i am and like i have another track called alone in the crowd and it's just synthy and jammy and all that but i'm talking about how disconnected everyone is how we're in a crowd online all the time but we're completely alone and that's that's literally where we're going as like you know the human race is there's we're so connected and disconnected because of how much we have available to us. And I think it's a balance, you know, we all are online, all like the new iPhones have this setting where it'll tell you how much you're online. And, uh, and I, I updated and I was looking, I was like, holy shit, I don't have that much time to be on there. But I was like, wow, I just spent four hours today on social media. <laughs> it's like, holy shit, like, we are, we're spending tons of hours on this stuff. So I guess I'm trying to write music that people can relate to, but also at the same time, make them feel like, hey, I've heard this before even though they haven't, but it's like, I know this, this makes me feel good. And then, Oh, what are they talking about? Deep raw thoughts, man. Like that's a lot right there. And you have, you know, I can hear that you have a lot to say, you know, you you're really driven, you're really passionate. The music sounds great. All right, guys, time for a music break. This is on Dante's song forbidden. Check it out. She was an outcast trying hard to find a way. He was the top dog insecure A new school, a chance to start over. And we met eye to eye, and the universe opened. All 
touch on the social media thing for just a second because you mentioned about just opening your instagram and in, in, around may or march so yeah um are you look yeah are you looking to do more social media promotion or stay away from that you know I, i'm just I, I i'm cool with instagram i'm releasing the records off there and you know i, I don't know i i really don't know at, the, at this point I, i'm capturing an audience i'm capturing a fan base and like I don't know if I'm going to be doing shows or any of that stuff. I've kind of, I'm not a young dude. <laughs> I just turned 40. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not a young dude at all. Which is still young no, compared it, to like, it you know, 60 or 70. Yeah. It is, but, you know, <laughs> I, I've got, it's crazy because, you know, 20 years ago, I've done a lot of different things, but music has always been like, this is something I just wanted to. I always knew how to sit down and play the piano, play the guitar. Like, it just came naturally. I went back to school and learned theory. I learned audio engineering at 28 years old. Um, because I just was like, man, stop, stop like dicking around with this. This is what you want to do. And so I had to give up a lot to do that. But now I have, you know, a house, I've got a kid, I'm married. Uh, I can't just do like, I can't go do shows or I can't, I'm not living out of a pizza box. It's like, I got a big nut every month. So it's now about like, I'm not, it's not about making money, but it's like, I want to do what I want to do. And I think. I, I don't know about going too far deep into like social media to get it out there. I feel like Instagram might be a good, good platform for me to, it always has been actually to reach people and if they support, which they have been and can find a way to, to do this more, I'm good with that. Like if people want to hear my music, and if they don't, <laughs> I don't give a shit. I'm going to make it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, whatever. You know, and that's the whole thing is like, that's what I've learned. And I, I'm a big hip hop head too. I grew up in the 80s and 90s. And it's like, I, I grew up rapping. I just watched uh, on Netflix, uh, the hip hop uh, evolution. New season came out. And if you want to watch, like, you want to know what it takes to like, be successful, watch failure. Watch people fail. Because they all fail. They all are told it's not, not doing it from the people that make the decisions. And you watch these people that make the decisions every day go, wow, I made a big fucking mistake. That person was really talented. Just believe in yourself. Believe in yourself and don't give a fuck. I honestly don't give a fuck. You don't like my music? Cool. Don't listen to it. Don't download it. Don't stream it. And it's like at the end of the day, I'm still making it because I have something to, to say and I got to get it out. And that's the name. Of, I think that's... That's really what you have to do if you want to be successful. At. And being successful doesn't mean fame. Because fame is really, people don't understand. Fame is not really something you want. You want normalcy. You want to be able to live your life and do what you love. You don't want that to be taken away. And, and I don't think people understand it. Like We are such a fame-driven like society, but nobody really knows what that entails. You lose everything. You lose every little bit that makes you a human being. And it's so much pressure. It's so hard to be a, a human being anyways. 
And now you're, you've got it all out there. It's, it's on the lens for everyone to view and rip you down. And it's like everything is published. Everybody has a, has, can have their words published. And it's like not everybody should be published. Like not everything you think needs to be printed. <laughs> There's a reason, you know, and that's where we're at right now. And I feel like it's cool, but all in, in small doses. Like I'm not, I, I, I think there should be, we should take breaks, man. We should put that phone down and be like, I, I, I know this other guy, Millennial Falk, he's, he's killer. He's a part of the retrowave um, kind of movement. Great producer, killer, killer uh, vocalist. And he takes, you know, weekends off. No, no internet. Done. And I know that's easy to say. It is hard to do. But imagine just like, you know, 8 o'clock at night. And I try to do this like, it's hard, man. We've created, it's an addiction. And it's literally in your brain. You can't. Like all the little gadgets on the phone, the way it lights up, the little, like the, when you get a text message or you get notification, there's a reason why they are the way they are. They actually, you know, spark your brain and release serotonin. And what does serotonin do? Well, that makes you feel good. What does cocaine do? Make you feel good. <laughs> what does alcohol do? Make you feel good. So you are looking for that. Like every time you think about your phone, is like, has somebody messaged me? Has somebody responded? And that's, it's great, but you've got to have a balance because I know I got to the point when I started my Instagram where I was like, you know, cracking out, like doing a post and just, just like every six seconds, like did somebody say something? And then it's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. We're all, we're all there. We're all doing it. So I guess now that I've been doing a few months, I kind of, I released my record and it was great. I'm like, you got it out. And now I'm like, you know what? Take a break, you know, like work on your music. Just find balance with all this. And I think that that's the best thing we can do right now or else we're going we're gonna to be in a, a sad state, you know, very, very like disconnected uh, human race. I know I'd be a little too, too deep, but whatever. <laughs> no, dude, it's good stuff. It's really important that the audience can hear this and kind of, you know, hear your perspective on it. And I mean, your opinion is echoed by a lot of other people from right now. I think the key thing to note on like the addiction aspect is that it's all business, right? So these companies, you know, they want your money, they want your attention, you know, they want that currency, you know, so that's how it is. Um, and like you said, you know, you've really got to monitor it, watch yourself because there's good sides to it as well. It's important to look at the bad sides. It's important to look at the good sides. I mean, for your example, you're able to put your music out through Instagram, you know, and build an audience that way as opposed to doing live shows or stuff like that, which is great. You know, it's fantastic. And I think another thing that's interesting to look at here is that um, you're kind of looking, you know, to step away from the Internet so much as like your promotion platform, which a lot of artists are doing these days, uh, not just for the uh, avoiding social media thing, but also just because of the income factor. And so what's coming back is I've seen so many artists putting out literal cassette tapes, like they're selling right. their cassette tapes, they're selling vinyl, physical. t-shirts. Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. Are you going to look into doing that for yourself and your career? You uh, funny you say that. I literally just, because my logo, um, signature design um, out of UK, I found this guy. He did my logo on Dante. And if, for all of you out there, uh, my name is, it's actually my middle name. So my, my first name is Mirage. My middle name is Andante. My last name is Zamprioli. Uh, half Italian. But Andante is a musical tempo that people that know most people probably uh, musicians they they know that so anyways that was my idea of creating a name with a with, with something that's part of me and also very musical and andante is like a steady kind of walk kind of steady groove and that's the whole idea behind my music is as it's this kind of like groovy steady kind of groove to it but anyways i made a logo or he made a logo it's very it's chrome it's cool you'll see it on the, the instagram but um yeah i'm just gonna print up t-shirts and i've been already thinking about that like you know streaming is very unfortunate it's very unfortunate because you're talking about artists that puts everything into something and you can't get a dollar for a song now that's crazy to me that's really crazy to me like and it's it happened because like i was around when napster happened you know it happened because all these things technology moves faster than the human beings that made it so they couldn't even control it. It was a wild, wild west. And it's like the record companies just fell behind. So they didn't get anything. They didn't even know how to monetize it because it was not even controlled. So now we're at a place where 
you stream and you can get whatever you want. And the artist gets what? $14 for a thousand streams. That's well, that's what it is. I might be my facts could be off, but I mean, I'm looking. No, you're right. Yeah. It's like point yeah. zero zero seven cents. And I know they just passed the law, but to me, that's just sickening. It's like you get people to fall like to, to, to fall in love with your music and you can't even get a dollar for a song that might have some people might take you two, three months to make a song. It takes so much to put yourself out there. So I guess that's the aspect I see. Like, you know what? You, people are trying to bypass it and I don't blame them. Like, I want to release vinyl. Definitely. And it's kind of cool that our genre is about old school. So people are digging, owning a, the Midnight. The Midnight are killing it right now. You know, they're on tour. They're selling tapes. They're selling vinyl, uh, T-shirts, because you have to. I mean, if you want to make a living at it, get stuff in TV. I've had a long, like, I've been fortunate. Um, I've done a lot of, like, MTV is one of my biggest uh, clients as far as I do instrumentals for MTV. And, but you know, they pay what they pay, which is not a ton, but, uh, I've had a lot of placements. That's kind of kept me afloat too. I forgot to mention that one, as far as like paying the bills, I had a lot of, of song placements, but as far as selling your records, uh, if you're doing it all yourself, you don't need, you don't need to sell a million records to make a living. Like you could, what's, what's wrong with making 60 grand a year as a musician. That's awesome. I think to me, that's awesome. You're doing what you love. And you're getting a, a regular pay. Like that's the aspect I think people don't see. They don't see the middle of it. And I think that's what these these artists are doing. I love it. Is that they're they're making a living. Like in the fifties and forties and thirties when jazz musicians would tour around, they made a living. You know, you didn't know them that well. They weren't millionaires. They made a living and they did what they loved. And I think that's that's where I'm at with it. And I think if anyone is really passionate about their music and just they want to do it. To make a living, it, 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 will, it will be an honor to make a living at what you do, you know, instead of I want to be famous and I want to be a millionaire. And that has nothing to do with music. It has nothing to do with anything but your ego. So that's my opinion. On Dante out here preaching, <laughs> he's preaching out here. <laughs> and it's like you said, man, previously, that's kind of the line between fame and success, right? Like people are kind of uh, told that they should be famous. They're told they should be superstars you should make a million dollars it's not it's not the reality and very few people can achieve that it's more important to look at your personal success what is success for you what are you doing to achieve it you know to get it to yeah. get it yeah you know putting in that work we lost a lot when you know unfortunately people became famous for nothing because then you saw kids like they're like cool i want to be famous for nothing so on instagram you got people and in youtube you got them making six figures for nothing for for what are they doing? And it's like, okay, you can say, hey, this guy's a hater. You know, he's hating on like people. No, no, I'm not hating on them. That's cool. They're making a living. But what they're doing, they've created a culture of people that don't want to work hard, don't want to get better at their craft, don't want to learn about the people that came before them, don't want to learn about art and, and what it is and what it means and to educate themselves. They just want to get paid. And yeah, we suffer for that. As a culture, as a human race, we suffer because the kids don't know shit. <laughs> they don't know shit. And it's like, and you have to, like, every day I learn. Every day I'm humbled. I'm like, what do I need to learn? I mean, music, producing and engineering, like, these fucking websites. Oh, we'll master your stuff, you know, and just a click of a button. What the fuck is that? And, and to me, if you use it, cool. You use it. I, I, it burns me up because there's people that spent 20 years mastering records and, and they would take that time to listen to your record and what it needs sonically. And it's like, just to throw that shit under a button and be like, I spent two months working on this track and mixing it and we recorded it and it was our vision. It's like, yeah, just click it, click a button and master my shit. Oh my God, that burns me up. Like it's just respect to the art. You know, it's just like painting a painting that took you forever and then say, fuck it. Let's just take a picture of it and put it on Instagram. <laughs> Right, you know? man, I feel you, I feel you. And it, it's all, stuff is changing so much. I mean, on every every single layer, it's changing. Um, I don't even know, you know, how it's going to work out, but stuff does, I feel like stuff will even out eventually. You know, it takes time, definitely. I, I feel like we're in like a transitional period right now. So it, it's really, what I see is the people who are taking the initiative upon themselves to 
kind of stay true to what they do, like you're talking about, staying true to the art, you know, putting in the work, and then also the people who are, like, really being dedicated and, like, uh, understanding what's going on. Like you said, it's so easy to be fooled by illusions of, like, oh, this person did it overnight, or this person did nothing, I can do it too. It's very, very rarely true. It's very rarely true. It's those people are putting in work that we can't see, or those people are, you know, have something that we don't have, and that's what made them popular or successful or whatever. hundred so. percent. I think there's a saying that I heard, I think it was like two years ago or something. And, and it was just, it's a small little saying. It just says, don't compare people's outsides to your insides. And I was like, that's perfect. That's literally, literally what's happening. You look, all we do is we see people's outside. I guarantee 10 out of 10 people you pull off of Instagram, like your friends, Say your friends, right? Me. I have friends. And then on Instagram, everything is great. Who's posting that they lost their job or the girlfriend left them, boyfriend left them, or that they're not eating, they're anorexic, they have a drug. Who's posting that? I mean, I don't know. I don't see too much of that. So we post the best or even not the best, what we want to be the best of what's happening to us. And I guarantee you take those 10 friends and you meet them in the room one by one. They're going to tell you a different reality. And it's happened to me. I meet a friend I haven't talked to in like a year. I'm like, hey, man, this is, what's going on? It seems like everything's going great. How's that? Yeah, you know, this sucks and this happened here and, man, this shit's falling apart. And it's like, oh, cool. Instagram looks like everything's like going well. <laughs> yeah, all right. All right. Yeah, I didn't know you lost your house, but cool. It's, you keep posting pictures about it. <laughs> yeah. You know, right, that's, man, what I, that's right. what I'm saying is like, you know, I think you're right. We will transition away because it's all, it's still new and, it's, it's, it's just technology is moving so really fast, but I think we will find a balance where people, and it comes with kids. Like I have a four-year-old and my, my kid, you know, he's outside. He doesn't want to be inside. And luckily he's that way. But we also try to, you know, limit that stuff. He, he's learning right now. He's developing right now. He, I don't want, he's, their kids are just going to see what we do and they, they do it, man. It's nuts. Like, like a, like a shadow. So if I'm sitting here all day on the computer or whatever, like, that's something I think that you have to do. You have to change it, you know. And but that that's that's a whole nother uh, topic. Yeah, <laughs> let's get into it. A, let's get into it a little bit because, like, uh, I'm, I'm I love how you're very driven. You're very intelligent. Uh, all this stuff. Do you think that came from like your upbringing, like from your mom, or do you think Dude, it's something you developed over the years? No. Yeah, that's a great uh, great question. So, you know, it, this is what happened to me. Um, and my story could have gone two different ways. Dad left. Uh, it was my mom and my two sisters and I. And we were living downtown Alvarado Street. And if you guys don't know L.A., that area in the 80s was bad. And my mom busted her ass. And she got us out there. And we moved to Silver Lake into an apartment. And, you know, everything was great. We didn't have a lot, though. I'm talking there was times where literally, like, I'd look in the cupboard. And there would be, like, some dry pudding to eat that we got from the church. And I'm not kidding. And I would make that whole bowl of pudding. <laughs> and eat it <laughs> uh, potatoes yeah. and pudding and i'm not kidding and my mom met um my stepfather um and he was older uh my mom was like 44 at the time and my step stepdad was 67 but he was from the old school he worked his ass off he was a tool and die man and i'm talking talking about work ethic he worked like 80 hours a week uh, he was born in 1924 it's like talk about a blue collar worker i mean so he I was getting crazy. I was like 11, 12 years old. I was chasing my sisters around with knives, breaking down doors with hammers, fighting in school. I got friends that were like, I was literally on the verge of either in LA at that time, I was going to either join a gang and I'm not even kidding or end up in jail for vandalism or theft or something. It was just out of control. I was skateboarding out 10, 11 o'clock at night at 11 year old as 11. -year -old. My mom met my stepdad. And this man just literally unconditionally loved me. I fought with him, physically fought with him, fist fights, everything. And he just loved me and loved me and loved me. And he showed me what a man does or a woman or anybody, a human being does. But a boy needs a father figure. It could come in different forms. They need someone to show them how to be a decent human being. And he did. He did. And it took years, you know, and I'm not going to lie, man, I... I've done my share of, of stuff, like a lot. I mean, you know, I've smoked a, the herb, <laughs> lots of sure, it. Man. Yeah, smoked a lot well, of it. I mean, it. with your environment, of course, yeah. yeah. Like I've done, you know, and, and that definitely set me back. But he, I always 
got back to like trying to do like do good for him and like respect what he did for me. He passed away last year at 93. And, um, wow. and I just want to like, I let him know on his deathbed, like what he did, you know, even though he wasn't that coherent the last couple years, he didn't really get to see my son too much, but I, I just wanted to let him know, like, look, look at what I've become because of you. And then on that note, a kid I grew up with in the same complex is on death row, you know? And it's like that, that, that was the, the difference. I'm not saying I'd be on death the row. contrast, man, the contrast. Same there, environment. Yeah. My friend had a single mother, yeah, him and his sister. We same exact environment, and they came. The lawyer came in uh, to ask me about his upbringing because they're trying to appeal his his his, uh, his his sentencing. And she was like, "What? What is the difference? What? Why is he there?" And and I said, "I don't know, but the biggest difference for me is this man that came into my life and showed me how to work hard and to." respect people and it's like that's something i'm instilling in my son like it's please and thank you yes sir yes ma'am no ma'am like those things go a long way respect human beings everybody that you come into contact with be grateful for what you have in your life and it's hard i have um gratitude in a tattooed on my arm which is gratitude in italian to remind me of like i have a lot in my life but it's easy for all of us to wake up and be like i don't have this i don't have that this is not happening the way i want it and it's like if you can just stay in gratitude it's hard to do it's really hard to do um your days will be better and your life will be better chills man i got chills that that's that's raw right there that's really good stuff uh, there's a quote i know and it says that we all get to choose how we grow from pain and it's either we become hardened by it or we understand like the suffering and we can help others through that. I think that just 100%. fits with your story right there, man. And awesome. I'm curious now because like you came up from this rough, you know, rough upbringing and you know, you had your struggles, you had to fight through it all. Do you feel like you were able to reflect that through your music? Well, man, uh, anyone's listening, listen to pieces. And listen to that, listen to the emotion in that song because I literally cried as I made it. I cried because it's been years. This song was about my birth father that left because I cried myself to sleep for two years as, as a four-year-old, five-year-old, you know, not knowing why your father's not coming home. I look at my son now. If I were to leave my son right now, man, it would shatter him, not only in the now, Every decision he would make from here on would be trying to fill that void. And that's what I did. Mine was through anger. Boy, I had a temper. I had a temper. A scrawny little uh, half-Italian kid in school. And it's like I never picked fights with anybody. But I'm not lying, you, lying to you. I've been in over probably 100 fistfights because I will not be picked on. And I don't take a, a moment to figure out why somebody's picking on me. I would just start throwing punches you know uh so that's how much that's how i dealt with all the pain that i had um and it didn't it's still i'm 40 years old and my wife she's been the like the biggest advocate of like my temper like she, i've not done anything crazy in years many years um but it, it's been hard to get a hold of it like i had i had to meet with my father uh in 2008 my birth father and try to find you know some closure and i did and ends up ends ends up he's just a horrible horrible alcoholic and it was a blessing he was a blessing because i found out like he was literally you know beating my mom and all kinds of shit and it's like wow man he wow. left and it, that was the best thing that could ever happen as a kid you don't know but uh, thank god he wasn't around but seeing him i was you know 30 years old and seeing him and i looked right at him and i'm not kidding you I was just acting like nothing was happening. And my sister and I was there. My sister couldn't even talk. She was catatonic. And we were there for a couple of days in Philly visiting him. And we were drinking and we were just acting like nothing happened. I had some wine. And I looked at him and I swear, I just saw two horns on top of his head. Oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. And I was, like, I was like, this guy's evil. He was just a piece of shit. He was mean. And I was like, and, and I'm old enough now. And I was a big guy. I'm bigger than him. I could have knocked him out. I could have literally just knocked him out. And I just looked at him and I was like, you know what? your payback is just life right and honestly i don't think you're you i don't think you're capable of anything else you can't take things personal like, there's a great book called the four agreements and one of them is these four things you try to do in your life and it's like 
One thing is to not take things personal. It's very hard to do that. If you can do that every day, I mean, you're, you're ahead of the game. It's so hard to take, not take things personal. It's a practice, if, man. It's a practice. Oh, it's a practice. Exactly. Exactly. Everything becomes about us. They did this. Why? Because of this. Um, it's like, you know, it's really hard. But yeah, that's, uh, you know, that, that kind of helped me. It's your story, man. Yeah. yeah, helped me with like raising my son and just being, you know, a better person. So which is super incredible and I just have so much respect for you man hearing all this stuff we'll just, I want to ask one more question before we wrap this topic up sure uh, because I know that a lot of people who listen to that will probably struggle with only having like one parent around or even no parents around right what kind of advice would you give for them on how to have that stability uh, in themselves whenever they don't have like a mother figure or father figure around you know just reach out to your friends reach out to your community like as far as you could find a figure mother or father through people family is just a word it's not doesn't have to be your blood and that's what i realized uh because my family's crazy and most people's families is crazy but i find that as you get older the people in your life might not be your family they might be people that are just around you and care for you more than your family does so that's, I guess my advice is, is if you're like in a place where you feel like you don't have that support, you know, just reach out to people, tell, tell your story to people and you'll find that there's a lot of people that will embrace you, love you for who you are. Um, just don't, don't get caught up in it. It has to be your family. I don't have my mother's love. My mother's crazy too. <laughs> I won't get into that. Uh, but I, I didn't talk to my mother for about six, seven years. My mom's out of her mind. You know, I got a, my, uh, an old mentor of mine told me that's, and there's a, a little piece of advice, find older people. I'm talking older people that have lived and experienced and just talk, question, sit with them. You know, I spent two years with this, this man, he was seven years old. I worked with him in, in real estate, um, like as an apprentice and, you know, he was amazing. I just listen to his stories. It's like we have so much to In other cultures, the elderly are put up on a pedestal. In this culture, we just throw them aside. And it's real dis like injustice. Find some person that you can relate to, older, that has seen a lot of years, and I guarantee you, you will learn a lot. Dude, it's so true. It's so true. Uh, two of my closest friends are like 10, 15 years older than me. and <laughs> It's awesome because I can yeah. learn from it. And there's really not... Like you said, I can connect with them as well. There's not, it's not like, uh, it's not awkward when we hang out. Um, and one more thing I thought was interesting is, like you said, I mean, a lot of it comes back to sharing your story and being educated. I'm not even that old. I'm, I'm 23 right now. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I'll talk to people online and like, they're like, oh, I struggle with depression and anxiety. I'm like, well, here's what helped me. You know, here's how I overcame that. And they're like, how do you know this? And I'm like, I just did some research, right. you know? Yeah, you got to ask questions. You got to ask it's questions. It's okay. It's okay to ask questions. And then just at that age, you're pretty, you're beyond your years. Because at 23, I knew everything. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, so good for you that to, to you know, the biggest thing is to just know that you don't know. And, but you can't tell people in their twenties that, I mean, I tell you, I thought you were older cause you, you definitely hold yourself and talk. Uh, I appreciate that, man. Appreciate yeah. That. So, and yeah, age is nothing but a number. That's a cliche, but it's true. Just, you know, seek out the knowledge and you will definitely find some reprieve. That's really what it's about, man. It's about the education. It's about the knowledge that you're putting in your ears, that you're listening to, that you're growing from, you know? And of course, the personal responsibility as well, like putting the initiative in your, on yourself to make that progress. Yeah, for sure. One of Andante's most powerful songs. This one is called Pieces. It's a must listen.
Let's jump back real quick, and I want to look at your inspirations for uh, back in the '80s. Let's let's have a let's let's reminisce about the '80s, man. What were the artists you liked to listen to back then? Oh man, so '80s. I was listening back then. There was something called a radio station, <laughs> and it was <laughs> Which not FM everyone and, will be yeah, familiar with. <laughs> it was an FM, and a, and there was an AM, and it was something called K Day back in the day. Uh, and this was on AM, and it was where all the hip hop hip hop was nothing. Nobody nobody knew what it was. What is this? So they put it on AM, and I used to listen to that as a kid, eight years old. And you had Tone Loke and Beastie Boys, Ice T. You had all the stuff coming out in New York where it all started. And it's like we were just blown away as kids. And I started breakdancing, and we were doing it out here. And um, then it's like my mom, big Van Morrison, Talking Heads, you know, of course, Beatles, Everly Brothers. Like I've had a big array of music around me my whole life. So I listened to all that coming up. Uh, and then it's like, yeah, you get into like the Cure, New Order, you know, Flock of Seagulls. Uh, it's like the Smiths, the Joy Division before New Order. Uh, we were just listening to it at the time and it was like, wow, man, this is incredible. Uh, as a kid, the romantics, as a kid, I just, I just listened to it and I knew my mom was always like, wow, this kid really knows music because I had a good taste. I would make, back then you had to make a tape. And what you did is you put it in the machine, the, the tape. The, the ghetto box or whatever, and it put on the radio station, you press record and pause, and you had to wait until your song came on. So you usually caught a little bit of the DJ in the beginning and the end, and you would make your mixtape. And so all these little images you're seeing people make, that's what we used to do. And I got to tell you, it was, it was awesome. So you'd make this hissed out analog radio DJ ridden like tape, and you wrote on it, and that was yours. And you'd make a dub and pass it to people, and you'd make mixes. And it's like, it was, it was a cool time, man. The worst thing, because actually, believe it or not, I did do that a few times as a kid. Uh, the worst was like when the DJ would talk over the song and like it kind of messed up the flow oh. between them. <laughs> man, they would talk 30 seconds into it. So you get like a minute and a half of your song and you're like, dang. Right. You know, you didn't have money to go buy a CD back then. It, they didn't have a CD, but a tapes. It was fifteen ninety nine for a tape. You know, I think one of my first tapes was NWA and I, I had to steal it because it was explicit and my mom wouldn't let me have it and i remember i was playing in the room and it was just like fuck the police <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and my mom was like what's going on and he was like and i was like oh man she took it you know oh my confiscated God. it <laughs> <laughs> probably horrible at yeah, the time but it's a good memory looking back oh yeah it was all happening man it was it was electric man it was electric back then i mean you just felt it it was just so much culture and like you know but it was it was poverty ribbon too it was 80s was a time of like crack cocaine came around and it's like i was right in the city so but as far as music and culture and movies you kidding me we aren't talking about movies like this stuff was amazing movies is a whole yeah. other topic but yeah i would love to dig into that yeah but <laughs> it's sure, funny man. it's funny now because like the stuff that's coming back stranger things where do you think stranger things comes from you know like where, where do you think all this stuff is coming it's it's definitely because it was a it was the golden era, it was a renaissance period uh, and people might say, well, what the hell is he talking? You can't say that. Well, I did. <laughs> it really, it really was. It really was for music, art, fashion, everything. The fashion's back. The music, it's all come back because 
it really 10 years wasn't enough for it. And then you got 90s was great too. So that's a whole nother topic. <laughs> truly, man, truly. They really made their impact on, on culture and society. And I mean, it's just because like we've seen it we've seen it come back you know so many times i think like the bringing back skinny jeans was like in the late 2000s you know and then even now we have like the retro sounds and stuff i feel like it just keeps coming back because it's such a golden era for us all well it's just it's limitless and it's like you you i mean even like when i start to i went and you know i was i went and bought uh analog gear again it's been a while but i went and bought juno bought a profit you know, I'm running half analog and, of course, digital because that's how you edit. You know, back then it was a lot more difficult. Now we have so, so, such an ease of like um, editing and, and the, we have limitless amount of takes and all that stuff. But I try to record straight through on, on some tracks, like try to find that because that's what happened back then. Like they had to, you know, they literally like you got going to tape machine. It's like you had to play through or you had to cut the tape and put it back. So it just made them more creative like they had to be and i think we have so many options that we've kind of gotten stale in some aspect there's a lot of great art and music happening right now i think it's kind of getting back to that where it's like hey you still have to be innovative let's even though we've had these tools for a while like how can we make this creative how can we do it a different way because that's what when they first got these tools it was all new and no and you could do what you were literally creating the sound like in the in those years you know like synthesizers Giorgio Moroder like Donna Summers producer you know that guy was doing everything in the 80s and, and people might not know him you might know him the younger generation from Daft Punk's record um they they got uh the the record in nine uh 2013 he um they have a track with him on there he's the the master synthesizer you know he created a sound in the 80s uh, that you hear on scarface he did the score for that never ending story score for that like all these movies and it's like people were literally creating sound and so i guess that's what i try to do like start from scratch i start i make patches i mean and i and i love the fact that i found this community on instagram of people that, that are making sounds creating retro cuz it's it's still there to be created you know like presets and all that like even if you're doing it digitally it's still there to be created either because, way yeah. yeah i mean sound design is so important so yeah any way any way you find to do it because i know like making analog is, is very difficult but yeah the the emulations are incredible i think the the, the plug-in it's a the uvu um they have like some old like four of the old 80s uh it's like 200 bucks four of the old keyboards the yama dx7 all this stuff that was 80s and 90s keyboards and it sounds killer man i definitely use that on my records because it's it's easy you got midi coming in right away but also you hear the harmonics you're like wow they've done an amazing job with that you know um that's the thing with that the analog is like you know if you mess up you mess up <laughs> <laughs> no yeah and you mentioned a, a minute ago about how we they tried to do stuff in like one take when they were doing recordings that that beauty in the imperfection also was kind of an art form in itself and i love how nowadays sometimes uh some of those it's too perfect yes well yeah that but also i love that the i was gonna say that i love how sometimes resurfacing we'll see like elvis song take 22 or you know yeah van yeah. halen song take five and it sounds so good it's very different from what actually got put out or released you know? yeah i mean it's all organic i mean that's what music is i found i've fallen into that trap where i've tried to make everything perfect to the grid boom boom and that's music i've made a couple years ago was very flat now that I get to this point where I trust myself, I'm like, you know what? That doesn't need to be perfect. Like, there's a beauty in the swing. We want to sound like a human being. We don't want to sound like a computer. You know, um, EDM's a little different because you have to create your ebb and flow through different kind of polyrhythms. Um, you got that four on the floor. But as far as, like, just making music in general, you want some organic, humanistic feel to it. You know, that's uh, that was the beauty of the old school analog machines. People, I don't think, understand that the digital stuff is perfect it's perfect the circuitry on the analog stuff has swing to it and it just does and there's no way to to dispute that you put on a tr808 drum machine or an sp1200 there's a swing going on in there uh that's a human and that's why all those hip-hop records were sounded amazing back in the 90s because you you hit something on there you do a little 16th triplet swing and man you are grooving I mean, that's just got the head nod swing to it. So I guess it's all about finding that in the digital realm too, you know? Right, man. Right. 
Yeah, it's very, very true, dude. Uh, I love the organic feel that you're talking about here. And I think it relates back to your point about social media, how a lot of us like to only uh, promote like the good things, you know, and the positive images instead of like showing a more realistic, more balanced thing, you know. I guess it's just human nature, always wanting, always seeking perfection, you know, and looking for perfection, not being not being accepting enough or self-aware of like who we are as people and you know what we've achieved and what we want to achieve we're always looking to to be better than the joneses you know or to have this perfect life or whatever but it's just not the way it always is and that's okay yeah yeah i 100 percent agree with that all right so i want to look at something real quick uh a lot of artists struggle with like self-criticism and not feeling good enough about their music uh have you ever dealt with this before oh my god are you kidding me every day of my life like this is my wife has been the first person to like get me out of it. I, I it's been so uh, debilitating that I wouldn't even release records. That's why I didn't do my own stuff. Like I used, I started out as a songwriter uh, back in two thousand eight, and I made a uh, about ten songs and started going out around L.A. and I did uh, did a show, and a bunch of people showed up and everyone gave me praise, and then I never did a show again. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, and I never did it again. I'd, and I was just like, I, for me, I never wanted to be on stage, but I, I don't know what that was. I think it's more, it was just fear. And it's stupid because, believe it or not, like in the, when I was in my 20s, I was an actor. I did commercials and all that stuff. Um, and, I, and I got there and, and got some work, and I had no problem getting out there. But with music, I just felt like I'm not good enough. Like I sh I'm not good enough. I've never been good enough. My music's not good enough. I wouldn't pass it to the A&R or something. I'm just not ready. I'm not ready. You know, 10 years goes by and you're still saying I'm not ready. It's like, dude, shut the fuck up, you know, <laughs> or don't do it. And that's what I pretty much, my wife had to kept telling me, like, she's like, I'm sick of you with this bipolar attitude. It's like one day you're like made the best song, like the best song that's ever been created on the planet. And then the next day, the same song is just piece of shit. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that's what's going on in my brain. So this is the first time. Like I said, I guess because I took the pressure off myself. I'm not trying to make money with it because that's what, that, that was that totally derailed me. That derailed me in 2008 when I was like, I got to make a living. I don't want to do side jobs. I got to do this. That's the wrong reason. And I'll tell you, it won't work out. It won't. It translates through the music. It's desperation. And, and that's what happened to me. And then, you know, when my wife got pregnant, I didn't make music for three years because shit. If anyone out there has a kid, you know what I'm talking about. It's fucking hard. <laughs> it is so hard it's like for even for me to make this record i can only work from the hours of nine to three because of when he's here man he'll put a freaking broom handle through my monitor i can't work <laughs> you know he's four years old he's a little freaking monkey jumping around like you know i can't work energy, on man. shit yeah. yeah it's like i can't edit are you kidding me he's just like so like i couldn't work for three years and it's like i guess that's what happened i took three years off and i and i was getting really like I was in a bad place because my wife's like, you know, you're, you're depressed. Like, and I wasn't depressed per se. I was down. I was uh, not creative. I wasn't getting it out and struggling a bit. Yeah. yeah I was just like, and you know, she's like, you got to make music. And I go, I know I do. And she's like, just be patient. He's going to be in school soon. And soon as he went to school, man, I just, man, I, it felt like I just took a hit off a crack pipe. I was like, Oh yeah, that's what I've been missing. Oh shit! And then that's kind of fueled me to here. That was six months six months ago. Oddly enough, I had a I released a song called "It's Your Move" with this girl Staz, and she was a singer for me because um, I never wanted to sing. I never wanted to do any of that stuff. And then um, I was like, uh, we got a record label to release it, and and then I was like, they want you know an EP, and she's like, I don't want to do it. And I was like, what am I going to fucking do? I don't have a singer. So that catapulted me into is like, I'm done relying on people. I'm done trying to get people. I don't have a lot of time. I was like, fuck it. You know what? I'm going to sing. Like, I always hated my voice, but people are like, you got a good voice. But that's another thing. I, I feel like my voice is horrible. But people say, that's your voice. And I go, you know what? That's the point I've been missing. It's my voice. I'm not fucking Christina Aguilera. I, I'm like... I'm this is my voice. And a lot of singers, Neil Young, listen to him. That's his voice. It's not about being the best. It's about just being yourself and having your voice and like, believing in it. So when I found the retro like style, I'm like, now, nah, cool. You know what? Because vocoders rock. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and that's what I like to do. Confidence I was like, booster right I can there. Do <laughs> yeah, I was like, you know, like, and it's not about auto-tune and all that stuff. I can, I can 
keep a key. It's not even about that. It's about my words, my lyrics, and the placement of the melody. And I'm like, cool, that's what people are getting. They're not judging me on, you know, in 2008, I released, uh, I did a record. It was like 10 songs and it's very like whatever. Um, and it was called Undante, Moving Slowly. And I made it on Logic and the production was cool, but the mixing, it was all whatever. But it was 10 songs. I, I did them. And everything was auto-tune, and, and like the people I presented to was like, this is not going to last. You know, you shouldn't do auto-tune on your voice. And I wanted to be like, fuck, I wish I could fast-forward to 2018 when it's more... Back then, you couldn't even do the hard tune. People weren't doing the hard tune. They were just mad that you were tuning at all. And I was like, dude, they started tuning in the 70s and 80s or when auto-tune came around back then. People were throwing their vocals through the keyboard, and you know, like back then it's like it's not about that but yeah they shot me down they shot me down and i i like kind of gave up on me being uh, doing the vocals because i was like oh they're right like i i can't sing and i shouldn't be doing that and that's what i guess to circle back like don't fucking listen to anybody fuck them fuck them all honestly just keep doing your shit just keep doing it you'll get better i mean you'll get better and you'll become a better artist the, the way they win is when you quit they won yeah, dude. Yeah. And I mean, like, the thing is, they literally don't matter. Like, fast forward, like, you're dead. Who's there? <laughs> They're not there, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. All you have is yeah. your memories and what you did, you know, with your life. Only your opinion matters, literally. Literally. It's your, yeah, it's your world, it's man. It's your world. It's our world, yeah. Yeah, every day you wake up, you can choose to be happy or you can choose to be sad, you know? I'm not saying that might be a little too general. You might have a lot of shit going on. Oh, I should say, I'll say this better because that's a little stupid. I apologize for that. All you can do for that day is your best. You can do your best. Yep. yep. All right. <laughs> I don't want to get people like, fuck that, man. I just had this happen. No, but I, was sad no, but I mean, I like, balance, perspective. It's, like, I it's perspective, I think, is the thing <laughs> yeah. here. And that's what I've noticed through your whole story is that throughout your whole life, you've always had really good perspective. I mean, you struggled there, like, when you were a teenager or whatever, but then, like, you got your perspective back. And, like, the thing I've noticed about you that sets you apart is that your perspective is just really informed and it's just very well-rounded, I think, from your experience, but also, like, you yourself, the work you've done on yourself and what you've created. And so you have better right. perspective than a lot of people. I appreciate people, that. That's one of your winning points right there. So to real quick wrap, wrap up on that, that whole uh, self-criticism, you know, not feeling good enough. Is there any like practices that people can do, you know, to get better? Obviously, like you said, just ignore everybody, but is there any like practical things they can do to, to build that confidence? Yeah. I mean, it depends on what you do, you know, like say, say you're an artist, well, get out there and, and perform, you know, like if you want to be an artist, just get out there and keep doing it. Cause you'll just get better. You'll get better. You'll get better. You'll get better. And that's, it's the old 10,000 hours thing. I mean, you just can't think that you're going to put in, you know, uh, a year or, or whatever. You're going to put in X amount of time and, and it's going to just happen. You got to realize for yourself, what are you waiting for to happen? Like you're going to miss the whole journey. That's what happened to me. Waiting for these big paychecks, but all of a sudden you're making all these little paychecks along the way and you're doing nothing with them. You've got to just find out what you want. And if you don't know, just keep searching. Educate yourself. That's the biggest thing. Get out, get, know that you need to learn that and then take that. Like that was why I mentioned that, that documentary, um, uh, hip hop evolution, Wu Tang clan, tribe called quest, De La Soul, Queen Latifah, all of them, like, like Biggie Smalls, you know, Tupac, Tupac, they, he had a manager and they shopped him around and they said, Nope, no one's interested. Everybody on that documentary was shut down and they, they came back hotter, harder, better and they just worked on it i mean like you're gonna get shot down it's, if you're gonna try to pursue a, a dream you're gonna fail in every avenue bill gates you know it's like they all failed they all did but they took the failure and said what do we need to do to improve and that's what i've learned is how to operate in the realm of fear and and that's the, been the biggest thing for me how do you do it? When you're scared of shit and you're like, I can't go on, go on. And you'll see yourself peel back some skin and you're like, wow, I just really grew. You're not going to grow if everything's great. And that's what happens to people that blow up really fast. And all of a sudden, they're in the position where it's light years moving around them and they're not growing. Everyone's telling them they're the best that's ever been created. And they stop learning. They stop growing. And it's like they become casualties. It's because it's a process. The universe is, is a process. It's about 
stages, nothing, you can't skip steps. It doesn't allow you to. It doesn't allow you to. Everything is moving in a certain pool. And that's just how I feel. I connect to all of it. It's like, you can't take shortcuts. You can. It's going to drop you off somewhere else. It's going to be like the, it, being, You're being Malco- it, yeah. John Malkovich. <laughs> yeah, man. There's a quote I heard the other day that I feel is relevant. It said, progression is the key to happiness. And I feel like that's kind of what we're talking about. You know. Oh, the- yeah, for sure. For sure. It's all about the practice, man. Taking those action steps and growing every yeah. single day. You know, you know, I heard another one too, and it, it made perfect sense because people go, uh, practice makes perfect. And they say that. Practice makes perfect. It's not true. Perfect practice makes perfect. If you're practicing like shit, well, how are you going to be perfect? <laughs> like, you got you to gotta treat that practice as like it's everything. You know, it's repetition. But that, that was one thing when I heard, I'm like, God, that does make sense. Like, that's the detail within the the actual saying it's like you can practice horribly practice your piano scales half-assedly and see how you play the piano you know <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> right <laughs> yeah it, it's the same way for all those old like sayings and proverbs you know like they're halfway true but there's like a big half that they're missing you know and so you can't just take it at face value there's so much more that goes into it just make it personal i think if you make anything personal and you believe in it and then that's all there is to it. That's you know, true, man. that's all there is to it. Yeah, that's true. I want to ask you this final question and then we do like a speed round. But first, uh, I want to wrap this up by asking, what's the impact you want to make as an artist and with your music? You know, if I could get just people to, to feel, you know, like really take a moment, like when they hear my music, I want them to actually feel it like in, in the world they're living in. No matter what's happening, if my music can take them out of that, and they can really have a, a moment to where their mind is being taken somewhere else and have a lyrical point to it. I do write love songs too. So, you know, if you're in love or whatever, I mean, that's great. But I just want, I want my music to touch people. And people say that a lot, but like, if it helps one person, then I think I've done my job because I'm sharing stories I had. And, and I think all this great music comes from trials and tribulations. I mean, it really does. It really does. That's what shapes us as a, a society is like the struggle. You know, people learn from it and they grow. So if I could just touch people, that's the main objective. Fantastic, man. Best of luck. Keep doing what you're doing because I think you really are touching people and will continue to do so as you do it more. Okay, with the guests that come on, we always have one last section. It's like a spitfire round. I ask a question, you give a quick response, and it just kind of goes like that. Are you ready? I am. All right, let's go. What is your favorite food? Tacos. What is your favorite weekend activity? Sleeping. What is your favorite color? Blue. What countries do you want to visit? Uh, Italy um, and Spain. Favorite movie? Breakfast Club. And what languages do you speak? Uh, Spanish and English. All right, man. We're set. Guys, this is on Dante. He does retro wave. He does synth wave. He is just an incredible human being. He's got drive. He's got devotion. He's got passion. And he's got really great music. He's got a mortgage, too. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's making the final cut. <laughs> Andante, thank you so much for coming on today, man. Oh, my pleasure. Any last words for the audience or anything like that? Mad love to everyone out there. Uh, I appreciate the whole community. Uh, respect to you. Um, I was um, From the beginning of my account, you and I have been kind of going back and forth and you giving me nothing but praise. And, and all you guys out there that have sent a comment or whatever, it really does fuel me, man. It, it makes me feel great, and I'm glad to do what I do. So uh, much love to all you, and new singles coming out pretty soon. So a lot of music coming, guys. All right, guys, make sure to stay tuned and plugged into his career. I'll give you guys links to his stuff, and I will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening, and goodbye.
And the ocean when you know 